Welcome to the WD experience. <laughs> Cultural learnings of internet for to make benefit glorious comedy podcast. <laughs> we love stupid people on the internet. They're nice. <laughs> it's very nice. It makes me feel smart. <laughs> We're not talking about Borat. What are we talking about today, Dennis? On the Double we, D Experience we... podcast hosted by David and Dennis. Your Double Ds, the fattest pair of Double Ds, shoved <laughs> right in your face every week, Friday at noon. I don't know why I did the plugs now, but it did. Some, sometimes playing low-tier characters, sometimes playing mid-tier characters, and but always playing... <sighs> meta... <laughs> I'm a Mario main in Smash. I know, Mario, I know. Mario, Mario is quite good still. He's 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 still a very good character. So okay. Uh, so oh so yeah. So guys, basically, like uh, this is like kind of not really gonna be like my topic for this episode, but just something that I was like kind of shooting the shit with David a little bit today, yeah. and now I'm just kind of like curious to get like I guess a. Uh, another person's perspective on let's say another game that they've played that is played competitively has tier lists has established strats has an established meta at least for the most part um so uh we're gonna treat this interview style uh david um can you tell me uh as far as at least uh smash goes right um as far as its history as being like a competitive game uh from the very beginning to now i guess um how much did like them tier lists actually define the game? Like how much did it like actually kind of let's say defined let's say each game's like sort of history until the next one came out. So like I guess you don't have to go in depth for all of them, but at least right. just like kind of give like a little small rundown of like kind of each era if you can. Smash is a little bit different than FGCs because, I mean, mm -hmm. FGCs make minor changes. Like, Mortal Kombat X changed mm -hmm. the traditional meter to having an offensive meter and a defensive meter instead of having them be the same meter yeah. in Mortal Kombat 11. So they usually make minor changes, but the game is still more or less the same. And mm -hmm. Smash can be argued to be the same way, but Smash has had a very unique history in the overhauling mm -hmm. of its mechanics and the reasoning for the overhauling of its mechanics. Like, Melee was accidentally made too competitive and the developers didn't like that. That's why mm -hmm. they tried to make Brawl way too casual, which eventually a lot of other people didn't like. So that's why mm -hmm. they made Smash 4 literally set completely deadlock the speed in between how fast Melee was and how slow mm -hmm. Brawl was. And then Ultimate, where they tried to make it competitive again with a casual edge, which I feel like Ultimate, they probably did the best job at it. Mm -hmm. But as far as, like... You want to know about specifically tier lists or like the mechanics? Uh, tier lists and also, I guess, how much mechanics uh, played into like how, I guess, let's say each character was placed on those tier lists. Okay. Um, that's going to be... How do I concise that? Oh, <laughs> um, uh, well, then let's say each game's literal best fighter, like unequivocally. Okay, like, so that's what you want to know first. Yeah. Well, that does have to do like with the mechanics of the game. Like if the... If the if, like, say, Melee's mechanics were carried over to Brawl, who knows if the best character would have been, you know, Fox still. You yeah. know what I mean? It probably wouldn't have been, like, considering mm -hmm. how fucked up some of the characters above him were. But it, the mechanics, you know... I feel like you have to talk about, like, the characters for... I don't know. I feel like I would have to talk about the mechanics first before just uh, deciding or explaining why a character would be the best in the game mm -hmm. first. So, I guess... To start with, I mean, Smash 64 was before Smash was even really, like, 
super competitive. The competitive yeah. scene didn't really sprout forth until like the early 2000s when Melee rolled around. And the first Smash came out 1990, what, 8, I think? 1999? Around there? 99. 99. Yeah. And around that time, let's say, what? Street Fighter and a literally like a whole bevy of like uh fighting games were already kind of getting like a bit of like a, a lot of the other fgcs scene? existed i don't know i don't know did they have happened. like competitive scene though around that time or no probably no. i don't know i i grew up like i grew up in smash i don't know much about fgcs mm. but like i would imagine that they had like some sort of like tournaments for those at some point obviously like you know i don't think evo existed or mm. like I don't know the I really don't know I can't speak to the history of that I can really only speak to the history of Smash but all those mm. other fighting games existed Street Fighter was yeah. around Mortal Kombat was around um, Fatal Fury was around I don't think mm -hmm. it developed into King of Fighters yet um, all that good stuff mm -hmm. so as far as Smash goes the um, the best character in the first game was Pikachu. And for some pretty fucked up reasons. I mean, the, in Smash 64, one of the mm -hmm. biggest differences compared to the other Smash games is it didn't know what the fuck it was doing yet. <laughs> so the hit stun in that game was ridiculous. Mm -hmm. You could breathe on your opponent and they would be in hit stun like forever. They couldn't act. So it was like much kind of a hit stun lock. Yeah. So pretty much every character in the game had just like true zero to deaths because... You just got hit once, and it was really easy to follow up. And Pikachu was the best at that because of how quick his attacks were, mm -hmm. how his up air sent you at the perfect fuck you angle off the level, like 45 <laughs> degrees, and his recovery. You've, you've, you've seen Pikachu in Smash before. You know how he zips yeah, yeah. in one direction and zips in another? Mm -hmm. In Smash 64, for some reason, he was completely invincible while doing that. Oh, okay. So, so, so you, you, just, you just couldn't intercept him. He would just recover for free. You couldn't And then... Him. A lot of times when I, at least in Smash, and guys, this is coming from a guy who, like, literally uh, plays this game on a party level. Like, if someone is playing Smash at their house, I will play two, three games, and then I'll fuck off afterwards. But When I bring the Switch to Dane's barbecue. Yeah. <laughs> so, at least around that time, right, everyone was still doing a lot of the shenanigans near um, the stage's edge, right? So, lots of, like, kind of going back and forth, at least, like, uh, yeah. let's say, uh, ledge, well, um... Don't know the full names, but, like, there's a lot of times where, like, there's a lot of player interaction that goes on, let's say, around, like, the ledge of each stage. That's called ledge edge guarding. Edge guarding, when okay. you get your opponent off the level, okay, now it's my time to make sure I, they don't come back. Yeah. That's called, um, that's called edge guarding. Mm -hmm. Or it might be called ledge guarding. I get the two terms confused sometimes mm -hmm. because in the older Smash games, only one person could grab the ledge at a time. Yeah. So if your opponent's only option was to grab the ledge to survive... All you had to do was stay on it, roll on at the right time, and then they died. Yeah. But if they could make it back to stage, it was on you to just, like, see where they're going to go, read, are they going to go high, are they going to mm -hmm. go to the ledge, are they going to go try to go in between, and then just counterattack them accordingly. Yeah. That's called ledge guarding, and that's sort of what forcing your advantage state is like in mm -hmm. Smash Brothers compared to fighting games. Because, like, in fighting games, it's like corner pressure. Yeah. You see, you see traditional fighting games, right? Mm -hmm. Like, oh, I have my opponent in the corner. He's stuck there. I got to keep the pressure on. Make sure my combos are well executed. Blah blah blah. Smash is not about like sim combo execution because the combo execution in it is simpler. Mm -hmm. There's a whole Y axis now that you play around. You know, there's yeah. up and down as opposed to left and right. So mm -hmm. what forcing your advantage state like when you're winning in Smash Brothers is sort of what edge guarding is. It's when you get your mm -hmm. opponent off the level, be like, okay. Time to make sure they try to not come back instead of just, like, going to center stage and letting them back for free. Yeah. So, think of edge guarding as sort of, like, the corner pressure, quote-unquote, of Smash Brothers, okay. basically, if you would. Because, like, um, at least, as everyone knows, at least on this uh, channel, that, you know, you've all watched David's stuff, 
um, you know, when it comes to Smash, at least, like, thing you, the whole point is that you want to knock the player or the opponent off of the, uh, of the stage to basically not really get a point per se, but like you make them lose a stock and therefore you have at least point advantage, like exactly. at least as the game's progressing. Yeah. So usually what, like three stocks, you knock the guy off. Now it's three to two. And it's a, you, yeah. So at least in that respect, like there is a bit of, um, I guess compared to other fighting games, there's a bit of like a point system in that, like you're just trying to get that guy down to zero. Cause after zero, it's done. The game's over. Like yeah. you won. And for at least uh, also compared to smash to other fighting games there's a lot of there's a the knockback like the more percentage that you rack up let's say like on a uh on an opponent it's going to be easier to knock them off mm-hmm. the and, farther they fly when yeah. they get hit the more hit stun that they're in so they mm-hmm. can't act out of it it's uh that's how it works and the goal yeah. is to knock them off the screen or off the stage rather mm-hmm. than to deplete their health down yeah. to uh zero Com- yeah compared to let's say like Marvel vs. capcom tekken a mm-hmm. bunch of others right and yeah. So let's say let's move let's fast forward to now uh melee where as you said the game became out of fucking nowhere and I, I hear this all the time about it out of nowhere it became like quite possibly one of the most I think out of all of them the most competitive uh sort of out of all four or five that have come out on, up to this date like it's literally to this day to this day yeah and that game I literally is immortal yeah. my friends it it's gonna stand die. the test of time despite like, nintendo's sure. attempts to kill it <laughs> it is very true and uh, everyone uh i even i know about like the um the few mods that people uh what tried to make uh, for the game uh what was it that project uh something project project m which is project now m, called yeah. project plus which was actually a mod of brawl not melee to make the game more melee like yeah to make the game more melee. Uh, okay okay and it's funny that you mentioned that there's uh, one that's uh, very much blossoming in Tri-State right now. It's called HDR. It's blowing up in Tri-State right now. There's actually tournaments for it. I was asked recently to commentate a tournament for it, actually, mm-hmm. where it's the same thing, but for Smash Ultimate. Okay. Which, as fun as it is, it's very unpolished because it's a work in progress, you know, yeah, made by fans course. and stuff like that. And it's also, uh... It's also a mod of a game that Nintendo's currently selling, so I'm kind of wary of it. Ew. So, uh, but yeah, I don't know. I'm sure. I'm sure things will be fine for the time being. But uh, yeah, melee continue. Yeah. Uh, please, so, please go on. Yeah. So then, at least in melee, um, now we're going into like a a very competitive game that wasn't meant to be, at least as far as its creator was concerned. Um. Sakurai, yeah, like he, I don't, I don't know how much he cares for like the competitive scene, but um, and I mean more for it now than he did back then, or okay, or more so that Nintendo did back then. I personally think Nintendo kind of has the guy by the balls when it comes to making Mm -hmm. the game like casually, but I think he also wanted to originally do that because he made Brawl the way it was. Brawl was literally a fuck you to melee. That's mm-hmm. what that game was, because they took away, like, all the mechanics that made the game deep, made the game very, very slow-paced, mm-hmm. added random tripping, which was a random causality, and when you're running, your character can randomly trip yeah. and try to implement... Yeah. Which wasn't as big of a deal as people made it out to be. It very rarely happened, but when it did, but, it was like, that was that's an anti-competitive mechanic. Yeah, because it almost punishes nature. you. It punishes you for, let's say, having... uh, Like, let's say, I don't know, like, if your reflexes are that fast, and let's say you see a movement coming, and you basically just want to go dodge the other way or like you want to go another direction away from it 
now you have like that coin flip toss of like, oh, am I gonna trip or not? Like, and and if you do trip, chances are you're probably already dead and you lose a stock right then and there. Like anti-competitive tech. It's an yeah. anti-competitive mechanic by nature, which is why they put it in. Yeah, because the, it was a different space at the time. That was also mm-hmm. like around 2013 when Nintendo was trying to uh, get Melee removed from Evo, and mm. they, there was huge pushback, and so Nintendo fucked off. Okay, when, when that happened, and that was and 2013. What? 2013 okay and now now they've sponsored their own smash tournaments they've sponsored mm-hmm. competitive smash tournaments actually yeah. there was the whole world circuit thing that they sponsored with the panda cup and whatnot mm-hmm. before all that went down the shitter for different reasons yeah and compared with like the smash world tour that vgbc was doing so mm-hmm. they're actually more involved in the competitive scene than they've ever been for better okay. or for worse that's a whole yeah. different discussion really and okay we could, we would be here for a lot longer if we started yeah. having that talk. But melee, going back to meta game, going back to meta game. Um, yeah. uh, as far as let's say melee, right? Yes. Now, it was dominated from what I remember by basically four or three fighters, as like we mentioned before, and <laughs> obviously one being uh, Fox, Marth, Falco, and Jigglypuff. I think yes. Okay, so those main four were like and also, the and also, also Shrek, <laughs> and also Shrek, and also the hidden Shrek. the hidden the hidden fifth fighter of melee that no one was ever able to unlock. I was talking about it came out around the same time. Now that you mention it, actually Shrek and melee, <laughs> like oh late shit, two thousand one, dude, that, yo, late two thousands was just like fucking boss ass time. It like, was a for, better time, yeah. Uh, oh my okay so at least and i'm like, not talking about chic to, to the viewers. To oh the and yes, oh right, 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 yes, and chic. So five. It was dominated primarily by five fighters that basically... Uh, also like, Peach because of Armada. Okay, six. So, okay, <laughs> god damn, this list is going to get bigger and bigger. So, six fighters. And also the Ice Climbers because of water. Fuck you! Six fighters! <laughs> oh, no, wait, no, it'd be... Would it be eight? Because the Ice Climbers, two? That was a terrible no, no. joke. That no, was a terrible no. joke. That was no, a terrible I, fucking that's a, joke. That's a, that's a, okay. No, it's okay. It's a genuine question, but no, they, they okay, count okay. as one fighter. So, yeah. seven fighters. No more than that, right? <laughs> Well, it's funny you mentioned that. Melee, for the longest time, had an era. Melee had several yeah. eras. There's the documentary kids that, like, joined because there was a big documentary about Smash Brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, that was when Ken, the Marth player, was the leader. Like, he was unstoppable until mm-hmm. he would lose to PC Chris for the first time. Okay. And then that was way later when Mewtwo King came around yeah. the scene. And then slowly is when the five gods started playing. For the longest time, Melee was in the era of the five gods. And there were five players mm-hmm. that won every single tournament. Just untouchable. Yeah, just untouchable, except to each other. And for those and that, five that, guys... That um, was Mango. Uh, if you're familiar with Mango, you've yeah. probably heard of him. His main uh, character was who? Going, uh, say each one for each other. He used to be a Jigglypuff player when he was okay. uh, when he was a newer player, but he switched to Space Animals forever ago. He plays Fox and Falco. Okay. Then there was Mewtwo King, who mm-hmm. that's probably a more familiar name to you. Uh, yeah. He, pl- he played Marth. He played mm-hmm. Marth, mostly Marth, and also Sheik. Then there was uh, Dr. Pee-Pee. <laughs> What a name. PPM, what PPM, a name. PPMD for short, who played Falco mm. and then switched to Marth uh, after a while. Okay. Then there was Hungrybox, who was... Who oh, was, yeah, who, whose tier list I actually did watch uh, yeah. a bit ago. Yeah. Literally owns Team Liquid now. He co-owns Team Liquid. And okay. He plays, he plays Jigglypuff. And then there was Armada, who played Peach. And they were unstoppable for each other until Leffen came around with his fox, and he Leffen became known as the God Slayer. Mm-hmm. Basically, that's that his nick because he was the only person who was beating these guys. Mm-hmm. Now melee is so well rounded, and people are beating each other. There's still a clear top, but mm-hmm. like melee is like it, the era of the five gods has long since been over. Okay. Partially, probably because three of them retired. 
okay. at this point as well. So, um, but as far as like the metagame goes, yes, the best uh, character in the game to this day, pretty much considered, uh, is Fox. Okay. And as far as let's say even that era and like the fighters that people used um, that were like basically like top tier, like these are the fighters you pick if you want to. Let's say uh, if you're going to the competition, you're gonna yeah. play these to win. And you got to know the ins and outs of their mechanics and everything. Like, all the techs, everything. You got to know it in and out. And for, let's say, around that era, right? Was there ever um, any complaints from other players about the fact that they hate that this game, or that this game, competitively speaking, is dominated by, let's say, these seven fighters? In that the, it, there is no diverse metagame. It's not diverse, like, at all. All we see is the same seven all goddamn time for each competition. Was there ever any, like, sort of, like, let's say, kind of pushback from the community about that? As Smash Curious. became less deep of a game as it went on before they tried to make it more com a little more competitive again with Smash mm -hmm. Ultimate and whatnot, the answer to that, if we're talking strictly melee, is is no. Because okay. melee... It's Porque. funny that It's funny that you asked that. Melee is just... Here's the difference, right? This is the analogy that I always make. Mm -hmm. Melee is... It's the deepest Smash game, whether you like it or not. Yeah. It's the hardest for several reasons because of all the tech that it has. The fact mm -hmm. that it's a game with zero input buffering, which is something that almost every modern video game has. At least a few degree. milliseconds or something, right? Mm -hmm. But this one, Melee has zero. Nothing. If a frame-perfect input happens, it's because you were frame-perfect. means you have to be frame-perfect, which is inconceivably difficult, mm -hmm. as you could probably imagine. But Melee, they've never had those complaints about one person, one character, or whatever, dominating the meta, because that hasn't really happened. Fox is good, but he has weaknesses. He's a fast yeah. faller, so you can chain grab him. You can edge guard him because of like <laughs> how uh, linear his recovery can be sometimes, depending yeah. on the position that he's in, which also only adds a layer of depth to it because of all the mm -hmm. different directions he can go and the angles he can do and whatnot. Melee, it's different because the game is so deep and so like competitive by nature. Yeah. Despite its uh, it's you know the circumstances of its birth. Mm -hmm. That they don't really complain about that. Because even though okay. there are, like, fewer competitive matchups, it's so deep, and there's mm -hmm. so much you can do to the point where the meta is still evolving to this day. A couple years ago, we thought, okay, Marth just beats the space animals. There's nothing they can do. Yeah. And now, you know, Mango and IBDWs come out of the woodwork, among other players, who have beaten Zane, who is the best player in the world right now with Marth. Mm -hmm. What we thought, that was never going to happen In Melee, specifically. In Melee, specifically. Okay. Where we thought that was never going to happen again. And then it did. The game changes so much despite mm -hmm. having never been patched, except for the yeah. PAL version, which right. is like the European version, which is mm -hmm. crazy. And I differentiate that because the only people who complain about it are sort of ignorant Smash Ultimate players who mm -hmm. don't know much about Melee, who don't know the history of it and whatnot, yeah. who don't care about the game or whatever, mm -hmm. who only see Fox and Falco and they'll be like, oh, it's, I guess it's just Star Fox the game. This is yeah. the new Star Fox. <laughs> yeah. Why make a new Star Fox game? Because Melee mm -hmm. is basically the new Star Fox. Yeah. They don't understand that because their game is different. Smash Ultimate, it's got death of its own, but nothing like Melee. Mm -hmm. Smash Ultimate's death comes from the fact that there are 90 fucking characters in that yeah. game. And you have to know all those matchups with your character. Yeah. And if you don't uh -huh. know a matchup and you just try to play the game the same willy-nilly way, like yeah. me, for instance. I love to mash. I love to press buttons. I love to be mm -hmm. in the face. Mario can play aggressively like that in some matchups. He yeah. can't do that in every matchup. Mm -hmm. But I'm an idiot. 
and I like to mash, and it's fun. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. it's different. Like Smash Ultimate's death uh, comes mm. from knowledge. It comes from mm. matchup knowledge, and Melee's death comes from game knowledge because there's way more that you have to learn there. So it's mm. less matchups you have to know as far as matchups, like Fox mm. versus Falco, Fox versus Marth. Oh, I'm a yeah. Fox main, so I have to know how to beat Marth, how to beat Jigglypuff or whatever. You would think, oh, it's easier because there's less characters. No. The game is just so fundamentally different from yeah. Smash Ultimate, despite its many similarities. Unbelievably faster, too. Yeah, unbelievably faster, too, despite the fact that they're both platform fighters. So... Like, one, like would you even say, like, Melee's one of those games where, like, you will be punished for one wrong input. Yeah. Just one. Going off of just, like, one wrong miss, miss button press. In some like, scenarios, you just yeah. Yeah. Like, you'll just be fucked, like, immediately. Like, you'll yeah. lose that stock immediately. It could happen. Because it's like, you know... Okay, thanks. Because it's like, you know, a lot of times when it comes to, let's say, any sort of competitive game, right? Like, yeah. punish, being punished, like... For obviously making the wrong move, and this goes with any sort of game too, like even chess. Like you, you move, you miss a move, let's say a rook or a bishop, whatever. You're gonna get punished, especially if, you know, if your opponent already knows what the fuck you're trying to do. Then yeah, he's gonna obviously you know punish you for it. And let's say even going off of the example of uh, Fox being like a fast faller. That is something that every single person in that bracket, or like let's say top eight, that everyone's like um, now playing against each other. Everyone in that top eight knows what the fuck they're coming up against, and it's like, and I, again, I'm saying this as like a non-expert, and now I'm sort of just kind of like uh, I'm like the spitball in here, but like now I'm imagining, okay, let's say um, two guys go up, uh, ice climbers versus uh, fox. The Ice Climber uh, character already knows what he's up against. And he already knows that's weak, uh, Fox's weaknesses. And he's going to exploit the shit out of them every chance that he can get uh, to obviously win. And, you know, uh, for most of the time, let's say, like, very competitively minded players, I'd like to imagine that, like, obviously they're going in, as you said, with all the game knowledge that is at their disposal. Like, they already, let's say, uh, if they're already that far into the competition, right? Top 8. They already know this game in and out. And, like, chances are this competition that they've gone into isn't the first one that they've done, like, obviously. Mm -hmm. And for a lot of the guys that you mentioned before, by the time, like, let's say uh, Melee was starting to... I think even during when Brawl was around, everyone was still playing Melee anyways. So, yep. like, so even around that time or, like, I guess by the time around Smash 4 or Ultimate came out, like... You know, a lot of the guys who are still playing it, like, you know, as you said, the game was evolving and changing. And we even agree. And like, even from like the brief time that I've played Melee, like obviously as like a kid, like not competitively in any way, but like even I could tell that Melee was a stupidly fast game compared to Ultimate, like insane speeds compared, like way especially faster. Especially compared to Brawl. Which is the slowest yeah. Smash game. Yeah, because, like, especially, like, as you said, Ultimate was, like, the fucking middle ground around that time. And now I'm, like, imagining, because, like, you know, I play Yu-Gi-Oh! And as far as, let's say, card games are concerned, and at least for one that's been around for, like, at this point now, 25 years, like, holy fucking shit, this card game's been around for that fucking long, holy crap. They're having, like, the 25th anniversary right now, so that's how I know, because I would have never known. <laughs> but, um... And for, like, a game like that, let's say, like, even, like, not trying to, let's say, compare the two um, in any sort of, like, way, but, uh, 
like for Yu-Gi-Oh! recently, we just came out of like what we called a uh, a tier zero format where this there was a period of time for the like at least a couple months before like the ban list came out that this there was one deck that was running around that was just like auto stomping everything else out there. It was just like if you didn't play, as I told David, if you didn't play it, you were losing. It was it. It was just like you if you wanted to let's say go to regionals, go to championships, go to even just like any sort of competition, local or otherwise, this was the deck you were bringing to to win. And there was no other choice. There really wasn't. If you wanted to win unequivocally, you brought this, nothing else. There was no other choice you had. And, and now, like, you know, going back to Smash a bit, because, you know, going off of, let's say, the context of, like, let's say, Tier 0, and I guess in terms of Melee, they never really had a sort of, like, Tier 0, but there was... Closest thing was Fox. Yeah, like, there was a metagame, like, a definitive metagame, uh, at least for Melee, and then even, you know, going on further down the line, like, you know, for Brawl and also uh, Smash 4 and Ultimate. And, like, you know, tiers, uh, tier lists, you know, exist for a reason. And at least in the competitive sense, right? And I know for at least, um, uh, at least compared to uh, Yu-Gi-Oh, uh, the people who play Smash, at least in local scenes or even, like, let's say, um, uh, majors, they're playing competitively. They're playing to literally destroy the opponent like flat out like they're but then at the same time like you know everyone always says like oh there's like a casual scene for a game compared to the comp uh, competitive scene and now i guess uh my next question is is that like at least as far as um like let's say uh smash is concerned right mm -hmm. like how much does the community's casual scene matter in the grand scheme of things how much like, does the casual scene matter I don't know, because, like, there there are, like, some tournaments have, like, casual side events. Yeah. Like, for Ultimate, there's, um, some, there's a Squad Strike mode in, mm -hmm. uh, Smash Ultimate. Yeah. That's where you take, like, three characters and five characters, and each character gets one stock, and then you yeah. get to, like, change the order of the characters mm -hmm. before you start, like, like, strategize it beformhand and whatnot. Yeah. Different and, formats, basically. Yeah, different formats, basically, but they're considered, like, casual, like, side events and whatnot. Yeah. Like, they're not considered, like, you know, main event stuff like that, so... Mm -hmm. As far as the, the casual scene, I feel like there's a huge disconnect between the casual scene of Smash compared to, like, the competitive one. Yeah. Because, like, casual players, like, will make up their own competitive rules. Yeah. Like, when I was a kid, I remember, like, we eventually turned off items on our own rulings before we even knew that, yeah. like, there was even a competitive scene when we were 12. Mm -hmm. And I felt, I always felt like there was that disconnect between them where casual players didn't like competitive Smash players because they're just like, oh, you're not playing the game the way it's meant to be played. Yeah. And then comp competitive mm -hmm. players were like... Uh, yeah, but, like, there's so much, like, death when you play it this way, and we just like to play to win. And that was Sakurai's biggest blunder, or his dilemma, mm. for a long time. It's like, how do I make this game appeal to both? It sucks, you know, because, like... Melee I mean, specifically, I, right? No, 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 just add the whole franchise. As okay, okay. On, because he realized what Melee was becoming. Yeah. And competitive players always saw it badly, too, because they're just like, dude, like, you could still play Melee casually. And people do! 
Like mm-hmm. even like even like competitive players play it casually sometimes for like YouTube content because yeah, you don't have to real. be a sweat lord yeah. and play Martha Martha Fox like all yeah. the goddamn time. They even like, do yeah. that stuff for YouTube content casual modes like Golden Guardians who sponsors a couple top Smash players. Mm-hmm. They made a they made a mod of like you know four player adventure mode in Melee and that video was funny as shit. I watched it. <laughs> you want to know why? That that's, for, yeah, because that's, that's where the real that's where the real money is. That's content. Right that's there. where the real yeah. fucking money is. Mm. That's why. And uh, yeah. So it's more ingrained now than it's ever been across mm-hmm. both games because of how much the community has grown, the outreach, how many different people have joined it. But as far as the game's mechanics, which go back to Tier Zero, where we were talking about, mm-hmm. Sakurai tried to make the whole game appeal to what he wanted, to what Nintendo okay. wanted at the time. To the creator, Cause, what wanted. Because yeah. he saw what Melee was becoming, and he's mm-hmm. like, I don't want that. He made fighting games in the first place. This is a fun story about Sakurai. I don't remember what fighting game it was. He was playing in an arcade cabinet, one of those two-way arcade cabinets where you couldn't see the other person. Oh, that sounds dope. Yeah, Virtua Fighter it might have been, or it might have been... Why don't we have something like that here? Street... I don't think it was Street Fighter. I don't remember what game it was, but it was a popular Mm. fighting game. And Sakurai fucking bodied this guy bodied him and he didn't even okay. know who he was playing against and then the guy walks uh, away with his he like he gets out of the, the container yeah and he sees the guys there with his girlfriend and sakurai realizes I he just, felt real like, bad not, he felt horrible he just he emasculated like, oh the god. dude on screen like yeah exactly <laughs> oh my god and that is part of sakurai that became part of sakurai's philosophy where it was like mm. i don't want to make people feel like that by accident in a game that can sometimes just be meant to be fun yeah so, and he saw what Melee was becoming, and he's like, I don't want the casual players to feel isolated. Not only because I don't want them to feel bad, that's where our real money is. On top yeah. of that. Like, there's, like, the biggest market for it. Most of the people yeah, who exactly. buy Smash are still casuals to this day. Yeah. That is why he made Brawl the way it was. Mm-hmm. Remove wave dashing. Uh, rem- uh, like, remove wave dashing, make the game way slower, make tripping. it way floatier, add tripping and whatnot. Just mm-hmm. try to make the game way less, you know, anti-competitive. Also make the game balance terrible. To talk about Tier 0, the ultimate Tier 0 that has ever existed in Smash, ironically enough, was in that game. And you in already Brawl. know who I'm, In Brawl. And you gotta know who I'm talking about for this one, Dennis. Come on, take a guess. Meta Knight? There you go. Okay. Meta Knight, Brawl Meta Knight. I mean, yeah, of- Meta Knight was insane in that game. Holy shit. <laughs> Brawl Meta Knight was one of the most broken fighting game characters Holy ever fuck. Exist, period. Even casual players who knew nothing about competitive Smash, like Got I was when, when I, not even just Raffle Stomped, like I was when I was a kid watching competitive Smash, even mm. we watched Mennonite in casual, get, like we're just at a party with our friends, I was 12 yeah. years old, sleepovers, whatever, when somebody picked Mennonite, we just watched him, and even we knew. Even we knew how fucked up that character was. Yeah. He was so messed up to the point where, like, you don't need somebody to even, like, explain a competitive player to explain to a non-competitive player why, why this character is broken. You can yeah. <laughs> visually see it. Yeah. His, His up air start, <clears throat> started, and ended where he was actionable to be able to do another one before any of Smash 4 Shulk's moves came out. Not to oh. even mention, Brawl was also way more floaty. Compared uh, to even uh, and melee, moves were, moves were generally way. You could slower. just stack up percentages, like except for him. Ex- just, yeah, except, except for him. him, he was just fast as shit. Not to mention there was a glitch that was banned outright. If you did his dimensional cape, that's his down special where yeah. he, he could teleport and then respawn with a. Yeah, I'm slash. familiar with it. Mm-hmm. If you do that move in brawl and mash the C stick down, he didn't reappear. <laughs> He just he, he just didn't reappear. And so you couldn't hit him. 
He got a stock lead, and then he just disappears. Game over. So that tech was obviously banned. Yeah, like obviously. Completely banned. Yeah. It's just like, that's... What the fuck? Like, why can he do that? <laughs> <laughs> legit not fair. So, yeah. Um, to go back to Tier Zero, I guess... Um, it, the way Sakurai answered to, like, trying to make the game appeal to both eventually, mm -hmm. it's like, okay, I see what Melee's becoming. Fuck, I gotta appeal to the casual base. Yeah. I made Brawl. Fuck, the competitive players fucking hate it. Yeah. Now what do I do? Shit. So his, his idea is when Smash 4 came around, the speed of that game, like, the air speed, the ground mm -hmm. speed, like, the general speed of the game was dead locked in the center Between of each. Melee and Brawl. Yeah. And a lot of people liked that for a while. The There's a good balance, player, yeah. The Melee players still mm -hmm. didn't like it because they still thought, like, you know, the game's it's still... It's still too slow. It was still too slow, still, like, mm -hmm. very floaty. And there's a lot more Melee players that like Ultimate. Because Ultimate is even faster. Okay. And Ultimate, I feel like, strike the best balance between that. You know, competitive mm -hmm. and casual players, as well as um, just balance in general. Ultimate mm -hmm. is amazing in the sense that as like as many quarrels as I have with that game. Juggling what ninety something fucking fighters. Ninety fucking characters, and really it wasn't until that recent tech that was discovered where we realized, okay, we might need to do something. That's like the a game, game balancing nightmare. Dude, it's like ninety insane. fucking characters. This is insane, it's yeah. Insane. Like the top twenty characters in that game can all be considered top tiers. It's crazy, really. Like, like Steve. Uh, Steve. <laughs> or anyone, All right. Or any of so, you know. <laughs> so if you want me to talk about that or if you have more questions to ask about it. No, uh, uh, I had a couple more. Um, please. Because, like, at least uh, in the context of the game that I play, like, in terms of Yu-Gi-Oh, right? Like, yes. we have... A card what was, pool. What was that, the broken deck? Yeah, like the, what was that? Oh, uh, it, so it was called Ishizu tier. So, so basically, this deck uh, was all about essentially a thing called milling, and uh, <laughs> milling is basically you are sending your cards from your deck to a spot called the graveyard, which is basically the discard pile. And I remember the graveyard. That I yeah. remember about you, <laughs> yeah. And it's basically where, you know, like, the cards go to die. But I, in I this case... I spent a lot of time there in the very few <laughs> times I played Yu-Gi-Oh! as a child. <laughs> so, at least around, like, this It era. looks like you're headed to the shadow. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's okay, it's okay. Please, please go on. Please so, go on. so, just to explain the deck real quick. Um, because the deck, uh, uh, just, I guess, a bit of a spoiler alert for even, like, the two people that, like, let's say, play Yu-Gi-Oh! Uh, on this channel. Yeah. Um, this deck got basically nuked fucking neutered by the balls by konami themselves because uh they essentially they they have this thing called a uh, a ban list that they uh bring out uh basically whenever the fuck they want at this point and mm -hmm. used to have like a set schedule but now not so much anymore and the ban list basically um is dictated by them about basically what cards are not allowed to be played in a competitive setting just flat out you cannot play them they're forbidden and they also kind of have, uh, they kind of go in like certain levels where like a card is only limited. So if it's limited to, let's say one, you only get to play one in your deck. So if it's limited by two, you only could play two in the deck. So, and so on and so forth. And unlimited basically means you could play up to max copies of three. And banned is just banned. You just cannot fucking use it. Just flat out. Like, okay. just unallowed. And before that ban list came, and this deck was essentially just wrecking shit uh 
for about, a, I think, a couple months. Um, the ban list for it came out in February. This shit came out in November. This deck. And when and it had full power, dominated the next three months from that November to February. Just dominated it. Flat out, you literally... No other deck could even come close to this shit. It and was, that is technically pay to win, isn't it? It is. Because... The way that at least um, Konami goes about like peddling their products and pushing it to their customers is that uh, basically, hey, by the way, this new set that's coming out has these broken ass cards that uh, basically you can use and uh, pay money us money, first. please. Yes. Money first, game yeah. balance later, right? And yeah, basically. So for a while, for about two months up to, I think, January, this deck... Got like a shitty whatever, like kind of, oh, we heard your complaints. Here's a little emergency ban list. None of the main cards for that deck were hit at all. The shit was still at full power. It did like the ban list did nothing. Like a card that wasn't even part of like the main uh, decks like list was it hit to one. And it wasn't even an important one either. And like everyone already kind of was even saying at that point, like this list is dog shit. Like it didn't fix anything. Like, what was it supposed to help, like, at all? And obviously, uh, compared to, like, let's say, a card game to, let's say, a uh, game that gets patched by, like, a, uh, a publisher or a company, obviously those uh, updates and patches, uh, you know, if there's a big community outcry for it, the patches will roll. Like, they will come out, like, as soon as possible if, like, the complaining is big enough, right? And the way at least, like, Konami kind of goes about, like, kind of observing how the metagame's going, how the competitive scene's going, and let's say what decks are topping, because, like, the, all those, uh, information, all that information is, um, is made public to them, and made public to, to the public in general. Like, which decks topped, which was top 16, which was top 8, which ones are dominating, like, what cards are basically being used, like, it's all data that they're all gathering. And, this deck, literally, again, this was something that was running around that, if you didn't play it, you are going to lose. Now, going to, let's say, the casual side of things, right? Say you're imagining like you're a, you're a child. It's like, oh, I got my like little three structure decks. I'm going to go play uh, at my locals. And, you know, like I got a little, my little mat, everything. Like, you know, the kids just go, wants to go play Yu-Gi-Oh. He didn't want to be fucking destroyed. Like, just fucking turn one in a card game. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, like. You know, it's like the same when you're like, I mean, maybe not so, because even kids who play Smash know what the fuck they're doing. Like, they will, like a kid has an equal chance, unless his hands are that small, he just can't reach the thumbsticks. Like, he has an equal- top Steve mains yeah. are literally in high school. School. He has an equal chance of bodying your ass, even if he's like 10 years your junior. It does not fucking matter at all. Like, but at least in Yu-Gi-Oh, right? Like, it's all, again, it, all card games are the same way. It's all dictated on pay to win. How much money are you willing to shell out to play this game and competitively Konami and to win? Really, just we we nerfed the deck because they didn't want to nerf it too hard to stop. Essentially, from yeah, because right? for the longevity of let's say a lot of cards and for product, right? They don't want to ban shit too quick because otherwise, then no one's gonna be able, no one's gonna want to buy their product. Oh, it's banned already. I can't even use it. So what the fuck's the point? So now fast forward to February, where a lot of people. We're expecting two things. Either the deck was going to get nuked the fuck out of existence, or that they were just going to do another, like, kind of, like, slap on the wrist sort of list and just be like, oh, we heard your concerns, blah, 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 whatever. 
here is one card that is now limited. Sorry. Is, like, is there like, a, was there a third option that happened? No, it was nuked. It was option really? one. Really? Shit was oh, nuked. Wow. Shit was fucking nuked. That is not what I thought it would be because I would for sure, if I was Konami, be like, yeah, we, we don't want these cards to only be sold to the collectors. We want money. So no, yeah, we want players to win. We want I, players I, to play. I would assume that it would... Oh, that is, a, that is a conflict of interest, isn't it? Yeah. Because I thought, like, for sure, they'd be like, okay, most people have the deck now. Yeah. It's gotten to the point where it's just like, we made our money from it. Yeah. We're not going to lose too many sales. Now, now let's, let's nuke nerf it. it. But yeah. they did it anyway because the deck was so brusted, it was making it people was not want to play the fucking game. That's and the thing. therefore, they were losing Local shots. That is an interesting conundrum. From a, from a company's perspective, really. Going off of what you're saying right now, local shops were reporting attendance levels were fucking plummeting. Ooh. No one wanted to go to locals because this fucking piece of fuck deck was literally running the fuck around. And everyone was playing it. Even people who were playing the mirror matches. And, like, even for fighting games, fighting a mirror match and stuff. It's, it's kind of interesting, you know? Like, at least when you see, like, two fox mains going at it. Because yeah. it's like... I know everything you know. Let's just see who's fast <laughs> in a way, you know? Or let's see who just plays better, right? Yeah. And at least in this uh, in this uh, deck, Ishizu Tears mirror matches were fucking insane. And not to mention now, Konami has a time rules for their events where you have 40 minutes to play as basically you could you have 40 minutes to play best of 3 matches. And at the end of the 40 minutes, whoever has like obviously more wins Wins the round, okay? And then he advances, you know? And people were saying these game ones were lasting for fucking forever. And not to mention, it's just like, if you misplayed once, they just immediately just surrendered and said, okay, we go to game two. They didn't even fucking try to play through it. They just said, yeah, no, we're gonna go to game two, all right? Yeah, game two. And then just like, you know, shuffling everything real quick. They just, side. They just knew. They just knew, yeah. Like, okay, I'm, there's no coming back from it. If I fuck up once in this mirror match, I'm basically dead. I am fucking dead. I, I, there's no coming back from it. That's what happens when something becomes so absurdly broken. Because a lot of old brawl heads have described Meta Knight dittos in brawl as mm. basically just chess. Like, he wasn't playing the same game as every other character was. And just negated their whole ass existence to the point where the game is now this. It becomes yeah. this. And that's what happened with the uh, mm. Ishimata Fakitata Baba deck. And, uh, <laughs> What was it called again? Ishi Ishizu Tear. Ishizu. And you know what the basically the, what the main deck monsters look like? They were water thoughts. I'm like, not like, even like, fucking kidding. They were basically like in, water bitches. Like in the new Pixar movie? No. They were like actually like human anthropomorphic kind of looking um like Yeah. Like sea Prince and the Fire Child? Like this is my goodbye dance? Yeah, yeah, basically kind of. Is that is that what was happening at the Yu-Gi-Oh! tournaments? Be like, alright, this game sucks now. I don't want to play it anymore, so goodbye. This is my goodbye dance. And they, start <laughs> they start wiggling their arms. Until the they, new list as, comes around, I'm as leaving. They, as they walk away from the fucking table, this is my goodbye dance. <laughs> <laughs> like, you might as well. Like, the, the, the it was, like, the power level of, like, um... Because, like, Yu-Gi-Oh! has had multiple uh, tier zero formats. Uh, a lot of them, went, of which, like, it was when I was kind of... When I was not playing the game, essentially. Like, this was the basically the first tier zero format that I've ever been a part of and, like, seen. And... You know, you know what was really fucking like goofy goober of me? I bought the deck. I bought the deck. Here's the thing: I bought the deck. It was at full power, 
two weeks later, that ban list came out, and I was just like, oh, well, shit, I can't play this no more. <laughs> that was like my goofy goober ass being like, it was like low-key kind of FOMO because I, I missed going back to locals, right? And I'm like, yeah. okay, well, if everyone's playing this fucking deck, then I guess I should play it too, right? And then literally two weeks later, before I was going to go back, they basically said, haha, JK, and just fucking basically just destroyed, like, BTFO'd the shit out of the deck. It was insane because now, after the list came out, right? Everyone who was basically playing the game... It was a mix of, actually, believe it or not, Celebration and, oh, because for one, Yu-Gi-Oh players, a lot, especially the, like, the super competitively uh, minded ones, uh-huh. hate a diverse metagame for a couple really? reasons. They hate it because, for a couple reasons, because they have no idea how to prepare for, let's say, going into an event, because now, let's say... It's different, let's say, if you go to an event of 90 people where everyone is essentially playing the same deck. Everybody. So you already automatically know, and it's, like, a bit more predictable for you as to, like, what to um, uh, basically side for and, like, basically kind of, like, just what to think about and, like, what to kind of look out for, right? Mm-hmm. Way more predictable in that sense. Because if everyone's playing the same thing like me, then I know what the fuck to basically do. Like, like I know I know it in and out. Now you go into a diverse format where basically like 10 to 20 to fucking 30 different other decks are just running the fuck around everywhere. All that have, like all of them have different mechanics. All of them play differently. All of them do something different, right? Now you have no idea what the fuck to predict. And now you have no idea what the hell, what the hell or how the hell to prepare for it. Like at all. And, you know, going into, let's say, uh, now going back to Smash, you go to a tournament not let's say for Smash Ultimate so much, but let's say for uh, for Melee, you're probably gonna be facing the sa- same seven fucking characters that you play. Everyone else plays. Like everyone's gonna be playing the same fucking thing, and you already automatically know what to what to predict for, how to basically like you know exploit weaknesses, capitalize all that. You know it in and out that metagame. Now you go into, let's say, uh, going into Smash Ultimate, and maybe you could uh, kind of go into this a bit more for me here, because it's like, now you go into, like, let's say, a Smash Ultimate tournament, right? And then and you're going in- starts changing colors, and you don't know what the fuck is going yeah, on. Yeah, exactly. Like, you're going, you play, going in to play as Mario, and, like, let's say you predict the top 20 fighters, as you mentioned, like, for Smash Ultimate. Like, you're thinking, okay, like, most people are probably going to be playing these guys. And then some guy just decides, oh, I'm going to just be the rogue asshole... And play like a fighter that no one's probably ever played against in this game flat out. And he'll have no idea what the fuck to do because it's like he is not familiar with the, with let's say, the fighter's mechanics. He doesn't know how to counter him. He has no idea like how to prepare for it either because it's like going in. Because people forget as far as like how mu- how important prep time before an event is. How much time you spend, let's say, preparing for an event really fucking matters. And there's three tips to getting better. The three there's three big things mm. in order to improving in a game like Smash or any competitive game really, and that is practice. It's the second is knowledge. Obviously. Yep. And then the third is mentality. Yep. Those are the three things. Third and mentality, that. also going into specifically, it's like you're going in there to have fun. Just remember that. You're playing a game and the game's meant to be fun. Just know that. You're going in there to have fun. Part why I stopped playing Smash Ultimate. The game yeah. stopped being fun for me. Because, yeah, it's you like, know? if at that point, it's like, okay, then if you're not having fun playing, then it's like, at that point, just step away. Because... Paying money to 
you know, play a game to that, feel I shitty? Care, that I don't care to improve at. You know, like yeah. I stopped caring when I won, but I got still got mad when I lost. Yeah. You know, and now I'm in a different mentality. So who knows? But probably still not. But regardless, <laughs> I think it's it's interesting because you know that it's interesting because I feel like that's a competitive player thing. They want to go yeah, in exactly. knowing what yeah, to yeah. expect. But as the Nintendo fan or like the sort of, I guess, a little bit of casual in me, I like mm-hmm. the diversity that Smash Ultimate. Yeah, exactly. Me too as well. Because to yeah. I'd like to see all these different characters. I'd like to mm-hmm. see a Duck Hunt in a top eight now. And now there's a Dr. Mario. Holy shit. Yeah. And there's a Banjo-Kazooie in it this time. It's fun. Not as, as a commentator as well. Yeah. Not casting the same old shit all the time. I like to cast both the later ends of the brackets because they get... They get more viewers and you get to cast yeah. higher level Smash. But mm-hmm. I like to cast pools as well, because instead of the cream of the crop, you get to find out who the cream of the crap is. <laughs> and it's funner, you know? And plus, you get to, you sometimes yeah. get to see characters you don't always get to see. It's yeah. why I feel like Melee is probably a harder game to cast as well, and why so many other Melee casters are just laid back, as opposed to very, mm-hmm. like, diction-oriented and uh, knowledge-oriented, like Smash Ultimate ones are. Because I'm just yeah. gonna be real, I think Ultimate's an easier game to cast. Not by mm. so, so much, but Melee, there's just so much to know as far as, like, the depths of the game that, you know, you have to, like, point and point your shots out as a commentator. You call them when you yeah. see them rather than talk about situations that aren't even always there to show how much you know or to talk about a matchup going in to just fill the air as, mm-hmm. as you would. So, it's interesting seeing that, like, attitude when it comes to card game players instead because I feel like, you know, some competitive Smash players could feel the same way. But it's funny mm. that you it's funny that you mentioned that because I feel like card games is different because new decks drop and then you have to buy the new decks or whatever. Yeah. It's like you don't have to do that with like something like Smash Brothers. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. You know, you don't even have to buy like the DLC characters on your console if you don't want to. I know mm. players who don't even have any. You have that choice. Save. Yeah, you have that choice yeah. rather than like something becoming, I guess, that meta defining as funny as that becomes. But uh yeah, I don't know. I mean, when it comes to like card games, is there like I'm trying to think of a better question? to really uh i'm trying to think of a better question to really ask here because like do you feel like it's the same like three rules when it comes to smash because when it comes to Yu-Gi-Oh? because like smash mm-hmm. like i mentioned it's like fgc games it's practice knowledge and mindset yeah very three important things and some matter more depending on the game mm-hmm. like i feel like smash ultimate is a way less execution heavy game than melee is mm-hmm. but melee you don't have to know as many matchups you yeah. don't need to know the mario matchup in melee you don't you need, need to know, know the seven you don't like, need to know the bowser matchup yeah yeah, for the most part. Whereas Ultimate, you do. Would mm. you say that those are the three things that are the most important? Absolutely. For card games like Yu-Gi-Oh! as well? You, you think practice, yep. practice and knowledge mm-hmm. and mentality are all equally important or is some more important than the others? Or how do they even apply to, like, you know, professional to... card game tournaments? Okay, so let's say practice. Um, what was the three again? Practice. Uh, knowledge. Knowledge and then... Mentality. Mentality, right? So practice as far as it goes... Let's say you uh, you hear about this new deck. It's tier one. This shit's fun to fucking slap up the competition. It's just going to be fucking just clap city. But you, if you get that deck, right, you dropped, let's say, a thousand something dollars for the fucking goddamn pieces of cardboard. And if you have no idea how it works, it's fucking useless. You have no idea how the fuck it works. Then it's just like, well, how are you going to win? So at that, t- at that point, now it's like where the practice comes in. You watch, a, you, uh, watch videos. You see combo tutorials. You see a lot of like kind of let's say uh, a lot of de- uh, videos that go in depth about like basically how the deck works, how you should basically stack your main deck and see like what kind of stuff to put in, put out. There's like a lot of work that goes into it because it's like a lot of people also like when they uh, as as far as when it comes to deck building, 
some people because like the minimum amount that you're supposed to be playing uh in this game is 40 the max is 60 for the main deck and now there's this thing called the extra deck where it's like now it's basically you're using the stuff in your main deck to build this stuff from the extra deck mm-hmm. and then you also have a thing called a side deck which is like basically when you go into let's say from round one to two you side out a couple of stuff uh for things that you have in the side deck that'll help you better prepare for let's say this matchup because let's say Okay, these cards are not really working well to uh, well for me right now. I'm gonna side these out for this stuff for this next uh, game in game two. Mm-hmm. So now it's like you have basically, you know, uh, two sets of basically resources that you have to know how to build and also how to use. And the thing is also with Yu-Gi-Oh is that like as far as mechanics go, right, mm-hmm. and even compared to let's say Smash. Smash, you could have a shitty character and you could struggle at least. You can you will you could you will struggle. You'll probably lose, but you could at least like put up a fighting chance for yourself. At the you very get, least, right? And if you get good enough with the character, you can still yeah. match up check people and they'll be like, why yeah. the fuck did I lose to a Dr. Mario? Exactly. The character sucks, what the hell? But the thing is in Yu-Gi-Oh!, there are actual straight up mechanics and cards that prevent the player from straight up playing. You just cannot do anything. It will just lock you out of basically an entire mechanic and it'll just say, Haha, fuck you, you can't do nothing. And then just he'll just pass turn and then you'll just be like, Oh, I can't do nothing. Like, the... And yeah, go ahead. That's one of a few places where I feel like card games don't apply to Smash. Yeah. Because, because, it's like, like, because something like that in a fighting game is just... You, you cannot now. It when will not one fly. Character, instead of, when one character has a trait that instead of just making them unique compared to other fighters or make somebody you want to play mm. them or something that's broken in a good way in their own regard, you have the new Steve Tech that drops yeah. called Phantom MLG, where is a version of MLG where he can literally just break out of hit stun, mm-hmm. which is not something that every... Which is... That's, that's just anti I've never heard of that. In any character in Smash. I don't yeah. even play a competitive Some characters, it's like, I mean, it's not even like a combo breaker. Like, characters with, like, frame three nares, like Mario, Luigi, and Yoshi have in Smash. Mm. It's literally just something like, you touched me, you, like, you won neutral, right? You won the yeah. neutral game, you hit me, so you should be in advantage state, but I, I am in the advantageous position for yeah. it, for you winning neutral against me. That is not fair, no matter how you spin it. No, absolutely Steve, not. Steve Mains are saying that shit should be banned. Like, Steve Mains are fucking saying that. Yeah. And, uh, some people are just outright banning the character because they feel like, oh, it's not enforceable to just, like, see, like, oh, did you use the tech in this game? Like, did you use it? Like, we have no, to No, because it's like at that, that point, you, you just rewind. ban outright the it, character. It would hold up like, brackets so much as well. So yeah. we're praying, we're praying to God that there might be, like, a shadow patch or something because they did that with Bayonetta, actually, believe it or not. Mm. To uh, go back to tier zero. Who was a tier game. zero character flat out? There was no other person that you were gonna play in that fucking format at all. As the as the game like, went on, there was literally like a circle of like Smash players, like a very gay Smash players that just came out of nowhere. They literally just came out of nowhere, started winning tournaments, and then gotten all sorts of other problematic shit that I'm not gonna discuss here because it's mm-hmm. sad and cringe. But uh, yeah, they all played Bayonetta. The character literally did not have a disadvantage state. You couldn't ledge trap her. You couldn't combo her for risk of witch time happening, which is a counter that immobilized you on a character that literally could zero to death you off of one touch. Has a counter that stops you. She has a counter that stopped you. And then once she did that, like, overextending against a character is one thing. Like, oh, I went too far off the level, yeah. like, to edgeguard them, and now I died for it. 
Overextending against Bayonetta back in Smash 4 was a completely different ballpark because you had to just mix up everything mm -hmm. you did just because like, is she going to do it? Is she going to witch time? Yeah. Is she going to counter me? Because if she does, you're dead. Yeah. For playing the fucking game, like for no reason. Because and so, it, but it's also a game that you had no chance of winning to begin with. And it's this it this the same thing mm -hmm. that goes for I think Tier Zero in any sort of like kind of game where it's like, oh look, this character or deck or whatever, like champion in League of Legends. There is no other reason why I would play anything else because it's like this thing is guaranteed like it's, if I know the character in and out, then you already have even a more bigger advantage than anyone else because it's like, look, you know how this character works. You know it's broken. You are going to take advantage of its brokenness, and you're going to exploit the shit out of it, and you're probably going to win. Like, flat out. Like, it's just like, you know, it's not rocket science. And and I always kind of, like, wondered, as far as, like, how Tier Zero goes, like, for a lot of games, like, now, question is, is it healthy? I think minimum, no, it's not. <laughs> By the bare minimum answer, it's like, it's not healthy at, like, at all. Whatsoever. Like, I... I like myself a, a diverse format. I obviously who doesn't get pissed knowing that oh yeah, I died to let's say this tier negative one million fucking character deck slash champion. Like who who wouldn't get pissed, right? Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's like being an even an observer of like how metagames shift and go and like how sometimes they do change, sometimes they revert back. Like it's very it's a lot of fun. Seeing at least uh, from an observing standpoint, like how like you know how diverse, let's say like a format is, like seeing like a top sixteen cut in Smash or even Yu Gi Oh, and like just seeing that like it's a fucking diverse ass pie. I kind of love it. I it kind of gets too. me. It kind of gets me as hard. A caster, it, I love it as well. It it's gets me a little harder. horny like yeah. seeing that. Like too, I do dude. love seeing it. <laughs> like because. Bro, there you was a time bayonetta I casted. How tired <laughs> I got of that shit. <laughs> How tired I got of talking about, like, the new game in that way. It wasn't exciting. We were all in denial saying that, like, Bayonetta playing her own game is exciting. But we were, in fact, we were all just in denial that, like... It was called Bayonetta format, maybe. Yeah, this, I don't know. this character it? is the game now, and we have to do Bayonetta, basically. Or Meta. Bayonetta. Oh, okay. Yeah. Ishizu, and, t it was Ishizu Tier Zero. They literally called it Ishizu Tier Zero. But Tier was T-E-A-R, but it was T-I-E-R. And, and then she zero. wasn't even the most broken character that was ever in Smash. I think she was only the second most. I still think Mennonite and Brawl was better. Uh, oh, as far as, like, let's say, Tier Zero, like, kind of characters. Yeah, Mennonite invalidated, like, literally that game's entire cast. And Bayonetta did, too, to an extent, but some of the other DLC characters were broken. Like, Cloud was also very fucked. Oh, right, yeah. Cloud oh, was yeah. fucked. Uh, Cloud was the undisputed best character in the game before Bayonetta dropped in there's Smash another, 4. There's another similarity there, too, because, like, just like how DLC fighters, when they came out, they always came out broken. For the most part, at least, from what I remember. Like, it was the same for even, uh, it's the same for Yu-Gi-Oh, too, because it's like, all the new sets always have, like, new shit coming out, and sometimes, maybe two out of three times, there's always, like, some shit that comes out that's just straight up fucking broken. Gotta make and people exploit to get people the to shit it. out of it. Yeah. Gotta make something unique to get people exactly. to buy it, you know And what then I mean? after and that, they realize, okay, yeah, you're fun, we're gonna nerf the shit out of it now, because it's like, you know, the, at least as far as, like, for the health of the game, it's not healthy. Yeah. Right? But, like, it's... It's so funny because there were some formats, just like even in Melee where, let's say, seven fighters defined the fucking game, right? Seven only. Like, that was the only thing everyone ever used. And at the same time, people love Melee for that, right? Yeah. It's the same for Yu-Gi-Oh! Because we've had past formats where it was dominated by four to five just main decks that were just like... At the very least, it's not just one. You have a choice. And, like, they are all competitively viable against each other. At the very least, it's like... Okay, now you're not just, like, kind of, like, pigeonholed into, like, only playing this one deck. 
to win a competition. At least you have a choice. You, like, and it also, like, whenever anyone even plays, like, a character or a deck, right? A lot of times, like, I play shit that suits, <clears throat> like, maybe not my personality, but, like, kind of what I'm into, right? Like, I play extensively dragons in, uh, in Yu-Gi-Oh. Like, extensively. That's, like, kind of what my main deck is. And for any Smash character, right? I Making, play extensively plumbers. Yeah. He plays, uh, he plays an Italian uh, plumber, right? You know, That's the beautiful right? thing about Ultimate is that it has all the... If you, can, if you... If you can't find a character that you like in Smash Brothers Ultimate, yeah, that's just a you problem. Fighting games are not for you. Though. Yeah, exactly. Like if like, you cannot, or maybe platform fighters is a better way to express it because they're very different than normal FG. No, but games. no, that's true. But at the same time, like you the know, principle when, still stands. When you go into like a game that's as diverse as that, where you you have a choice of fucking ninety now, including Sora, it's like. Like you, you gotta find something that you like. At least one fucking character. At least one, you know? And at least even in Yu-Gi-Oh, you have, like, a kajillion fucking archetypes that, like, you have a, basically a choice from. Some are shittier than others, yeah. But it's, like, at the very least, like, you have just a whole range of choice to pick from. Yeah. Go pick it up, buy it, and then play it. That's it. Yeah. And at least for Smash 2, it's like, you know, no one could complain that, oh, this is just nothing but Nintendo characters. No one can say that anymore. Like, why it's not you... being a Nintendo-centric game. Yeah. Ever since they threw in Snake and Sonic. Like, after that, it was just like... Game on. Maybe... Yeah, game on. But like Sakurai said, eh, maybe we should wait a while. And then Ultimate came out. And then... Well, no, 4 came out. And then they were like, okay, now we can monetize the fuck out of this. Mega Man. Pac-Man. Mega Man, Pac-Man. Cl Cloud motherfucking Cloud. strife. And Sephiroth. Well, uh, Sephiroth didn't come to Ultimate. Okay, yeah, true. But then, uh, but like going into Ultimate now, like just the fucking library of fighters in that fucking game, and it's the reason why. Like at least going in, like again, not an expert on Smash, but just seeing it from a third person's perspective, at least as far as let's say its metagame is concerned, I like me some diverse metagames. And Ultimate like, has the most diverse one. It really does. And it, it, it's insane con that, that it does, considering it has the most fighters. That That's an amazing achievement. That's an amazing achievement. Like, <clears throat> and as far as Tier 0, like, healthy metagames go, like you mentioned, yeah, Brawl, Meta Knight pretty much became the game. Meta Knight and, like, the Ice Climbers back in Brawl. Yeah. And, and pretty much just Meta Knight. But Meta Knight dittos were hype as shit. You know, they were fast-paced, they were mm. intense, like, they could fly, like, underneath the stage and shit. Oh, like, in okay. Like, that it, would be hype, yeah, that would be hype. It was crazy, honestly. Bayonetta yeah. Dittos were the most boring fucking shit in the world. And Bayonetta was just lame as fucking sin. Because, like, there was just no- <laughs> there was just no counterplay to her. Honestly. Not to mention, also, her player base was incredibly toxic. And, uh... Mm. Yeah. And Steve was never that. He was never meta-defining, but people just annoying. Are, we're just fuck yeah, and we nobody was banning Steve for being annoying. That's not fair. Yeah. You nerf something when something is overpowered or broken, and you never nerf something to the point where it takes away the original design of the character. Bayonetta in Smash Ultimate. Mm -hmm. She could still combo you. Cause she was fucking designed to do that. She yeah. they wanted her to have crazy lengthy combos flying through the air like Dante. Yeah. And she still does. <laughs> But they just got rid of all the broken shit. Like, which time mm. has crazy cooldowns. Like, she has to actually, like, time it instead of you being immobilized forever. Um, if she does the kick, the heel slide on you on your block, she can't do the second kick, which means you could actually punish her for it. Yeah. Instead of, like, having to just fucking cry. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's and at you, least you, possible to SDI out of some of her stuff now, and if you get mm. roofed, it's usually your fault because you got put in a bad spot. It's not like she gets everything for free now. She actually mm. has a disadvantage state, plus her kill power outside of those crazy combos yeah. sucks. So they actually balanced her, and the character, later on in the meta, she's still not bad. She's mm. not busted, but, like, she's still not fucking crazy like she was before. So, yeah. Steve, I think Smash players are just so scarred from dealing with Bayonetta for years. You know, that they're just, like, sort of pre-imminently, like, getting ahead of it. Because there have been so They're, much... like, already rolling their eyes when the matchup comes. Like, there have oh. been so much like... tech with Steve discovered would be like, okay, that's really fucking stupid, but it's still not broken <laughs> or ban-worthy yet. And this is the one where it's like, this character can break out of literally any combo now. And punish you for even trying to think to combo. Yeah. That's the thing. Literally like, for pressing one button, by the way. You just yeah. press B and it works. And you even mentioned... That is over bullshit. I, you even mentioned something called overextending, which kind of Yu-Gi-Oh! has the same way where we, like, also, the way we, like, kind of, like, set up our... What we call set up our boards, like, kind of just setting up, like, all the monsters we're going to have on the field mm -hmm. and just anything else, right? Like, setting up boards is kind of like what you do in turn one and just kind of, like, basically when you pass to the opponent, it's like, okay, break it. Like, go ahead, try. Like, please, by all means, go ahead, do it. And you mentioned overextending now, and Yu-Gi-Oh also has uh, many cards that punish people for overextending. And it was something that they were forced to make because of the fact that people were literally comboing off for about fu 15 fucking minutes. Completely just, like, went from 40 to, like, 15 cards. Just, like, everything's just kind of been used up to set up this, you know, board. Now, like, you know, uh, the uh, the game's kind of slowed down a bit now, but when I came back into the game, uh, like, 2018, I believe? Like, I came around then? Bro, it was insane what people could do. It was actually fucking nuts. Like, people, uh, at least, because, like, there was... There was a lot of broken cards back then, and I kind of missed those broken cards because I used those broken cards. But I understood why they got banned, because the shit was fucking broken. Like, you know, it's really one of those moments where it's like, yeah, I use the overpowered shit, but I don't like it when it's used against me. And it was basically, like, Yu-Gi-Oh players, yeah, all the Yu-Gi-Oh players go into it knowing that. They love it when, oh yeah, it works for me. Or what it's done to me. Fuck this card and fuck its children. Like, it literally gets to that level of hatred. It's so weird, like, the love-hate relationship that they have. And going back to the cards that, like, I was playing back then that got banned. The games, because those cards got banned, now shit very much, like, slowed down to the point where it's like... You will now, if you dare to overextend. And there's a thing, like, uh, when you know... Okay, there is a time to overextend and when there is not to. But if you overextend and you get punished, everyone says and everyone agrees, that's on you. You went into it knowing, like, because also card advantage is also such a big thing. If your, car, if your opponent has nothing in hand, then at that point I'd be like, okay, go nuts. Go, literally, go fucking nuts. Like, there is probably not much that he could possibly do at that point. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just winning at that point. But if you're playing against a guy and you plan on comboing, and now you're thinking, oh... Should I just go full fucking combo and, like, just fucking end on, like, this amazing board? Or, but if he has five cards in his hand, chances are he's got something that will punish you for even thinking about that. So now it's like, okay, now do I kind of take it a bit slow, go a little bit mid-range with it, and then, and then whatever follow-up he has, after I break that, then I just go for it. It's like a lot, there's a lot more thinking that is involved with it.
um compared to let's say i don't it was so fucking funny like back in the day when i was playing it was just like you could auto like a deck could just go autopilot and it would just win for you it was fucking nuts man like some of the formats that i was like kind of seeing back in the day like and like we have these things even called like hand traps that basically are meant to kind of like stop opponents plays and like okay like now you can't do that what are you gonna do next and a lot of times when the tier list came out for decks, it was always defined by can it play through hand traps? Because if it can't play through hand traps, then well, then your deck is just shit. It's just, there's nothing, nothing more else to say about it. If it dies off of one hand trap, then your deck is shit. Like there's nothing, there's no way to go about it. Other way to go about it. Like I say something similar in that like if you play Mario and Smash, and like your sword character loses to Mario. That's on you. Your, your, that means your character sucks. That's a probably. skill. That's also a skill issue too. At that point, because <laughs> yeah, like Mario's notoriously struggled against swords, so it's funny, you know, just let's talk about like games in comparison like that, you know, because some actually just have like one-on-one comparisons, and other ones really don't. You know, it's really beautiful in all their differences. Yeah, if it makes any sense. I realize that's kind of like, that feels like kind of like a nothing statement, like, and you know, the pocket full of posies, and if we all just work <laughs> together to build a rainbow and stuff, but like, no, it sounds simple, but that's because it is cool. You know, like, just to learn about, like, the different, you know, how different competitive games are, but how there's The environments shared, are, too. But like, there's still, like, one shared nature there. Yeah, like, the essence of it sense. is all still the same. It's just the game is different, but the essence is still the same. As far as the competitive nature goes, like, at least as far as, like, you know, for, for Yu-Gi-Oh! It's a bit different because that game is a fucking money pit for some people. People yeah. be dropping fucking some Gs just to play a deck. And I'm like, what the fuck, man? Yeah, some people are some people be nuts. Some people man, pay and... rent to play this game. It is nuts, man. Holy and, shit. And on Smash, we unfortunately, you know, like a lot of other communities, use Twitter for our hubs, and Smash has a lot of weird people online. But when you actually go to a tournament, the vibes are so different. Like it's just it's just fucking fun. Electrifying. Like, it's, just good, but it's electrifying. People are having fun when you're actually at one of these things instead of just mm. like looking at all like the fucking troglodytes online. On Twitter. <laughs> On Twitter, yeah, and it's different, and it's an important thing that I had to remind myself of, like, you know, during the pandemic, mm. is that, like, you know, like, these people aren't always the same people that you see when you actually go to these things. Don't get me wrong, they're fucking weirdos in Smash, too. There's uh, weirdos in Yu-Gi-Oh! as well. They got, yeah. well, you got weirdos in every circle. Oh, like. yeah. But, yeah, I still owe a lot to that community. Mm. I have the most serious relationship of my life because of it, the most meaningful romantic relationship I've ever had. The best job I've ever had got me a literal job with Nintendo. Which is not something many people in the Smash community can say they fucking had hap happen to them. Some some did, but, you know, mm. I'm very grateful for it. You know, part of me, you know, like, if you know, we were talking about job hunting. You know, I wish I did more extracurricular stuff in college as opposed to just, just Smash. But I still did get a lot because of Smash, and I know... Yeah, I like, thing. good. And at the same time, it's like, when you get older, right? Like, yeah, you look back and you kind of regret. But at the same time, it's just like... All you gotta know is just that, like, look... Like... Would you really want it to, like, kind of happen any other different way? Personally, for me, looking back at my past, I kind of, like, I always just think I had to go through that shit to realize how much of a fucking, dis like, you know, disgusting person I was. And then I had to grow out of that. Like, oh, same. Like, it's the same way, like, kind of just growing up. And, like, you and I are at that age, too, where it's just, like, I play, I'm, like, 29, and I'm still playing a card game, and I couldn't give less of a fuck because, like, you know, at the very least, like, it always depends on if you're gonna have fun with it. If you're having, if you're getting enjoyment out of it, then who the fuck is anyone to say, like, that, oh, yeah, you, like, oh, you play that or whatever? It's like, what the fuck do you do for fun? 
<laughs> I feel like I'm in that same place as you, where, like, you know, as you grow older, you realize the things happened was just the way things happened, and then you have less regrets because you're just like, yeah, I'm still getting to that place that I want to be in my life. And yeah. I can sit and cry and bitch and moan that I didn't do this, and this is why I'm not here, blah, blah, blah. But, like, all in all, things still turned out pretty fucking great. Same thing when, like, you know, like, when me and my girl broke up. I'd be like, I regret, like, do am I going to regret that I had the relationship with her? I'm like, even when I wanted to say yes, no, I didn't. I think back on that experience fondly now. And mm. it helped me grow a lot as a person. Just because it hurts at the time, you know, like, if it, you still regret it later, it might mean you're still carrying some of that hurt. Yeah. And I relate that to Smash, not only because I met her through Smash, but, you know, part of the reason I quit playing Smash is because I thought I kind of had to grow up. I thought mm -hmm. it's time for me to, like, maybe this is what's holding me back from, like, finding, like, a good job. You know, and then once I do all that, like, you know, have a steady career and I'll go mm -hmm. back to it. I haven't entered a Smash tournament in three years, and how many voiceover gigs you see me get? <laughs> Not much, you know what I mean? So it kind of makes me think, where are the excuses? Maybe it's my fucking fault even further than I think. But that's mm -hmm. no reason to beat yourself up. Just Absolutely. You, gotta, like, you need to make the adjustments, and if you can't make those adjustments by yourself, just get some help. This is the metagame of life we have switched to talking about. <laughs> So we could go on for another 15 minutes if you guys want. We're already way past an hour. I think I think the, the audience is sick of hearing us like, at this point. Do, do, you have, do, you have any more, do you have any more questions about Smash? No, I think just a couple closing statements. Like, sure. if anyone, if any of you guys out there, like, you know, do play a game and, like, you enjoy it, like, to the point where it literally gets you horny, like, when you play it, like... <laughs> Maybe a little too graphic there, but if you're having fun with it, right? Like, just always there, know. There, there's certain characters in Smash that make you horny. <laughs> you fucking, you fucking seen Palutena, one of her taunts <laughs> a pole dance. I'm not even. Fucking I, I know, kidding. I know, I know. I'm just imagining now because it's just like, and then you, you ask the guy, like, ask your it. opponent, like, you know, who's playing Palutena? It's like, so, uh, why do you like playing her? Like, actually, like, like, the, what's the actual reason you like to play as her? Oh, you know, she's like not too. She doesn't really float too much. Like, no, no, bro. What is the real reason you like to play as her? And oh, you she make looks. Dead eye contact. Yeah, it's just like you just stare him right dead up. in the fucking eyes, and like if you catch him lying, like you know, he, like you'll know when he's lying. Like he starts sweating harder than when he was in bracket. <laughs> like than when he was in the friggin' bracket. <laughs> fucking sweat lords, man. They all exist, but. <sighs> But um yeah, my closing yeah, just uh going back to my closing thoughts. Like uh Don't Shit, ever fuck, <laughs> did you hear that? I dropped yeah, I all my cards. <laughs> that is something no. that Yu-Gi-Oh players always fear. <laughs> Damn it, now I got to play 52 pickup. Okay. Keep <laughs> and oh, they're yeah, everywhere. Just, <laughs> uh yeah, just snow that like, you know. You're never too old to enjoy yourself. If that makes sense. Like I know guys who are way older than me who play this fucking game. It's kind of fun. It's it, it's kind of funny, but at the same time, like you know, I get it. You know, it's like the same way that like you know, uh, for certain games, like people play poker, and at least for poker, there's really not a meta game, so to speak. I guess it's just kind of like you know, there you're gonna play. There, there is and there isn't. Yeah, there is and there isn't. Like, you know, it just depends. Like, you know, like, eh, just how well you're going to play against the table. And people love poker. And, like, I don't give a fuck, like, uh, that, like, at least poker is basically, like, a solved game at that point. It's, like, it's a game that's been around for fucking hundreds of years at this, at this point. And people literally 
by droves all go watch the world poker competition which is just a bunch of fucking usually middle-aged dudes that just sit around playing poker like on camera and people go nuts over it and i th and it's like i get it i understand just don't ever think you're too old to enjoy like anything even a game or whatever just like don't ever think you're too old to enjoy nope. like just do it if it makes you happy go fucking do it really do whatever I, makes you happy i echo that sentiment and i will say if you find yourself not having fun anymore if you find you if you find it's bringing you more stress than pleasure Need a then either stop or it is time to take a break even if it's something that you want to do, it's something that you want to do for a living. If it's something that you just do for fun, eventually you just got to step back for a little while. And it's important to recognize that even like professional players do that of like sports and shit sometimes. Yeah. So yeah, I had to step back from smash commentary for a long time. And while I'm still paying the Pied Piper for that of not getting picked for like, you know, even my local uh, majors and stuff. Now it's just on me. You know, I don't travel to shit no more to be able mm. to commentate. So it's, it's all, it's on me at the end of the day. And you know, you, there could you there could be a sadness in that if you're like still stuck in the past, or there could be a beauty for it if you you know realize I have the power to make the, these choices however I want, and that is how I'm gonna try to treat my job hunt from now yes. on instead of just constantly thinking I made the wrong decision by rejecting jobs I never wanted too much. <sighs> too many thoughts in my brain. <laughs> All right, there it is. I already Where's know what our... the thumbnail for this is gonna be. Can it be? Uh... Just Mario and Yugi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank I, I was, you. I was, I, was gonna put my, I was gonna put Minecraft Steve in a Yu-Gi-Oh card. Oh, matter I mean, fact, that'd be cool too. Matter of, fact, matter, of, matter of fact, write me like, there's probably like a template maker online somewhere. Write me like in Discord, write me a description of like Steve from Minecraft as a fucking Yu-Gi-Oh card. <laughs> okay, yeah. I will. I, I, I got you that. Yeah, later that tonight. That, that'll, that'll be funny as shit. <laughs> I can't lie. <laughs> so, uh, this is the Double D experience. In case you forgot. We're available wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Literally wherever. I, I can't even list them all because Anchor distributes it like everywhere. It's on platforms that I probably don't even know exist. If your platform has podcasts in it or podcasts in it, you'll probably find it. So just look it up. Double the experience in the search. Yeah. Boom. On Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, all that good stuff. Even though I know most of you listen on Spotify and YouTube, to be honest. Very, very, very few people listen on iTunes. It's funny. Uh, no one really likes iTunes. <laughs> yeah, I know. Even people who have Apple don't like using iTunes. Yeah, I know. They all have Spotify. I know. And now it's like Apple's like, oh, well, what do we do with this? It's like, they just like <laughs> point at iTunes. It's like, what do we do with this? It takes forever to upload on Apple as well. Like, it, like it's always on iTunes, like, last. Like, when I try to, like, uh, plug yeah, it on yeah. social media and, like, sometimes it's not there yet. And I'm like, it's been three hours. Fuck. Apple went on break when <laughs> it was still uploading. <laughs> YouTube.com slash Intunas, which is where I know most of you actually watch. Um, yeah, you can follow us at Double D Pod at the Double D Experience 21. That's all our stuff. Yeah, we did it. There you go. The fuck out of here. Tier zero, 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 tier zero,